Hi, this is Society Owes Me, a Gen X podcast. And I am Lily. This is Hannah. Hello. And today we have the pod for C. The letter is C. It is, it is. I see see that you have something. I think I'm going to like it. You're feeling it. I'm feeling it hard. Come on then. Tell me. Let's feel it. (laughs) It's come on, feel the lemon heads. Yes, finally. We're on to the lemon heads because we did a very ill-fated podcast. One of the first ones we ever had a go at, wasn't it? When we got Uh, the mixer. Yes, yes. We did attempt It's Shame About Ray. Terrible. Great album. Terrible. We did a horrible, horrible pod in it. And I, I just, I don't know, maybe we were just so keen to get like, all the information out. It, it was just, yeah. it was dry. <laughs> It'll never see the light of day. But I think we probably will attempt it again. Um, Definitely. That album is amazing. Yes. But that's going to be, yeah. But one a joint one or a one for you. Because, yeah, I think at the time we discussed that that is your favourite Eminem's album. Yeah. And um, whilst I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love it, I think Common Phil just pips it a teeny, teeny bit for me. Um, mm. You're so wrong. But lovely. Please continue. <laughs> change your mind you're here to okay well let's kick off with the great big no great big yes from me though how about you let me turn it up a little bit yeah sorry i do i do actually i mean obviously i really like the lemonheads and there are several tracks on this album that i love it's not a love one it's not a love connection from me, Hannah, I'm afraid. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, it was written with Tom Morgan, who um, I will tell you a bit about a bit later on, but he co-wrote a lot of this album. Um, and it's got Juliana Hatfield on backing vocals. And as you know, Juliana Hatfield uh, played bass on It's a Shame About Ray. Um, and if anyone would like to hear a little bit more of us talking about Juliana Hatfield, of you would, can refer you to H back in volume one. Uh, but yeah, just some uh, general come on feel um, info. Came out in October 1993 on Atlantic Records, and it was their sixth album, and it got to number six in the Billboard, in, sorry, 56 in the Billboard charts. So the Lemonheads started out um, as. Evan Dando, Jesse Peretz, and Ben, I can't remember if it's Dealey or Daily or Daily, and I listened to an interview with him the other day, but he was talking about how everyone mispronounces his name, Dealey, um, and I, I can't remember what the correct pronunciation was, but anyway, Ben. I'll see if I can find out. But anyway, only, um, out of those three, only Evan um, is on this album, because, you know, five albums later... Uh, the lineup had changed somewhat. So on this album, you've got Evan on vocals and guitar. We've got Nick Dalton on bass, David Ryan on drums, uh, Juliana on backing vocals, and another lady who you will have heard of on backing vocals. Can you remember who that was? Ooh, is it um, is it Belinda Carlisle? Very I'm good. just about to say Brandy Carlisle, which is a huge colossal mistake. Right? <clears throat> yeah. You go uh, go, yeah. Carlisle. I mean, Brandy's right. great too, but I do yeah, get your eyes, Linda. No, I don't get Brandy. Oh dear, I, I know. know. I know, and I just can't even. I just don't. I don't get it. 
Maybe you need to sit with it, like yeah. me in the black clothes. I'm like almost obsessed with it. Everyone's like, oh my god, she's just like the best thing ever. I'm not feeling that at all. Yeah, no, I like her, but yeah, meh. Not that much. Anyway, this isn't about Brandy or Belinda, but I will come to Belinda a little bit later. Um, but yeah, just to finish with um, The Great Big No, uh, Evan said, now, did you call him Evan or Evan? <laughs> I had this conversation just before, about haven't we? We were all convinced as stupid 13, 14-year-olds that it was Evan. I'm sure I called him Evan. Yeah. And maybe it's because we're European as well. Like, that is the kind of continental... It is Evan, Ivan. Yeah. So, yeah, big revelation when we found out it was Evan. It's Evan. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, so Evan said that that one started off as a parody of a 70s song. So there we go, a little bit of a link back already to oh. last week's Black Rose. He said, the beginning is making fun of some 70s tune, but then after a while we started getting really into it and finished it. And apparently it's about disappointment and nothingness, which sounds a bit like the title of a Manchester Creatures album. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. And I've got everlasting nothing. Big old empty. Taken, taken from a man. Nothingness. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's about a relationship that's that's petered out, I think. But anyway, on to happier things. Yay. So you're a fan of Into Your Arms. I've had the single. Well, it was the lead single off the album, and it was their biggest hit. So it got to number one on the Billboard Modern Rock Tracks chart. Uh, and it was on it for nine weeks and it shared a record for that with can you guess who no <laughs> you too this is so classic lemonheads oh i mean is it any surprise this is like if you love shame about race you love this absolutely absolutely and it did pretty well in the uk i think as well top 20 definitely um did you know however it's not actually a lemonheads original Oh, yeah. Vaguely. Go on. So, it's a cover of... So, Nick Dalton, who plays bass in record, it's a cover uh, of his previous band, The Love Positions. So, The Love Positions were Aussies. I was going to say, yeah, it's got something to do with his Aussie touring. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Aussie, Aussiness on this album, and I'll come to that later. He had lots of great Aussie mates. Um, so yeah, uh, it was by the Love Positions, and I'm going to play you a bit of the original, see what you think. So it was written by Robin Sinclair, uh, who, you know... <gasps> Hello, Juliana Hatfield. Well... Isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's, it's no very, wonder. very sweet. Ivan Dando was like, <laughs> who is this? I have to meet Quite, this one. It's super gentle. It's lovely. Actually, I'll, I'll be quiet and One of my favourite bits of the Lemonheads track is the harmonising bit near the end, you know, where it goes. You know I thought that? you didn't like harmonies. I, I thought you thought it was too I like it when Evan Dando does it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 no. Bananarama didn't. That's the problem with Bananarama. They all sang at the same time, like the world's worst karaoke band. That's my objection. I love a bit Banana of Bananarama too. But anyway, if you want to hear more of this kind of stuff, um, you can buy a Juliana Hatfield album. <laughs> I think she's possibly, and I say this in a good way because I love Juliana, as you know, but um, possibly a bit more saccharine. Yeah, turn it up, babe. I want to hear you a bit better. <clears throat> but, no, um, it's lovely. It's a beautiful tune. 
and Heads did it justice in my opinion. Yeah, so it was written, written by Robin Sinclair in 1989, so we're just a little bit pre-90s, but it's from the Billy Peebop <laughs> album, uh, which was a collaboration between her and Nick Dalton, and it came out in 1990, so there you go. Written just before. Billy Peebop. Is it a scat album? <laughs> Billy Peebop. Billy Peebop. Reminds me of, well, well, do you song? remember scat happened in the early 90s? Gosh, yeah. A horrible flashback of something hideous. What was hated scat? Scatman Joe. Scatman Joe. I hate the words were in my mouth. Oh, let's listen to that every again. God, get me some bleachers up. Billy Peebop. What was that song that um that you played by Stan Robinson? Oh yeah, funny name too. In the Black Rose one. I know. Just did. Blinky Dop Dob. Oh, something like that. Billy Peebop. Anyway, they had a bop bop on the end. Did it? Uh, something like that, yeah. But anyway, while, while you find that, I'm going to tell you. So I found this, um, whilst researching this, I found this l- lovely NME interview where it's actually Evan and Juliana. I'm going to call her Juliana because that's how I feel. It's Evan. Evan. Juliana. I can't remember what he said. Juliana. Juliana. Because um, I know he said Juliana, which is probably correct. But I, never even, I never even noticed that you were saying Juliana. Say Juliana. Is how I always, yeah, knew her. Anyway, Evan, Ivan, and Juliana, Juliana, uh, are interviewing each other. Um, and it's just really sweet. But I've got a few little excerpts, like, scattered in my notes here. But with this song in particular, Into Your Arms, um, Juliana says, there's no denying that cover versions have done well for you. Uh, so I guess, you know, this is Robinson. Is, you know, <laughs> Hello, it's very, Robinson. yeah, probably... Um, and she, she asked, does that have anything to do with the first single on a new record being the only song that you didn't write? And Evan says, I guess it would be, I guess it would bespeak my lack of confidence. That was the most simple one. That's all. I thought it was good because I just love this girl, Robin, who wrote the song. She's sort of symbolic of this stuff. I just thought it was appropriate. A sort of respectful gesture to my influence. Oh my God, I knew that he was completely in love with her. Like he's completely in love with Juliana. Well, yes, there's some, yeah. Well, come come to that, uh, but yeah, it's it's dig out that interview. It's just it's it's so sweet. Loved it. Uh, right, so the B side of Into Your Arms was Miss Otis Regrets yes, by I Cole love this one too. Porter. And unfortunately, I can't I play the Lemonheads version because it's not on Spotify. However, I, that so well, I can tell you. So, yeah, obviously, it's a murder ballad about the lynching of a white society woman after she murdered her unfaithful lover. You, you, you love a bit of murder, don't you? You know I do. <laughs> but it's been covered by loads of people, not just Lemonheads. So it's been covered by Bette Midler, Marlena Dietrich, Van Morrison, Ella Fitzgerald, John Barrowman. Strange one. <laughs> Okay. Um, last, uh, so the first time that we recorded Ooh, the Black Crowd episode, the lady sung it. Uh, no, lady. it was um, loads of ladies. No, no, but uh, the lady who got who got killed by that jet ski. What? I was about to tell you that, Kirsten McCall. But yeah, because I was going to give you two choices if you want to listen to a little bit of Miss Otis Regrets. The 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 Black Crow's first try that went a bit wrong. I'm sure in that episode. For some reason, we were talking about Brian Ferry and Otis Ferry. Yes, we were. You because of Otis Redding, that's why. Right. Okay. Well, Miss Otis, Otis Redding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, I will give you a choice. You can listen to a little bit of Miss Otis Regrets by either 
Brian Ferry or Kirsty McCall Pogues? Kirsty McCall, because I remember th- this must have been on that Pogues album that was my first LP and probably last LP to be honest. <laughs> that I own. Yeah. I did have the Lemonhead single, so I remembered that it was on it, and I can hear him playing it, but this is this is how I knew it, because of Kirsten. And I said she was killed by a jet ski, which she wasn't. She was killed by that Mexican superstar yeah, in his while she was trying to save her son, who was on a jet ski. Yeah, she somewhere. saved her son. Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, probably the Christmas episode? Yeah, it was something to do with the birth, wasn't it? Because her husband managed. No, it was Stephen really White. She was very to Stephen White. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. But I'm sure we talked about it in the Christmas episode because we. Can't when she that woke up I love this version. Um, however, this is a. <laughs> 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 but uh, we're going to move on. So it's about time again. Featuring Juliana. Yeah, so I was going to say it's got Little Miss Hatfield. seen the Lemonheads support a band called the Volcano Suns and Evan was with his girlfriend and uh, Juliana was in the in the queue for pizza behind him. I wonder what they ordered in their ham pineapple <laughs> pepperoni <laughs> pineapple with it. Us, the Blake babies. These are- <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I was expecting you to pull out a little Juliana sock puppet any moment. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to take a long time because you're just going to repeat everything I say. Oh, anyway. Okay, I'll try. I'll try and be a bit more surprising. Right. Okay. This is an Evans voice. All right. If you, if you, if you want to, hey, you know, dupe this. <laughs> <laughs> idea for a new spin-off podcast. <laughs> oh God. Right. So Evan said, "I like this bit." He said, "We were opening for Kill Slug. What a name <laughs> for a band!" And very appropriate considering. That's right outside. <laughs> oh, you can talk about it. And my that. house was nearly, well, literally under siege. I wasn't. I thousands wasn't. of snails. I know, out your husband is a Killer. snail torturer. Yeah. Molester. Not molester. <laughs> Murderer. <laughs> wow. Oh, 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 oh. And he listens to this, so. Apologies. You just you know have explaining to do. <laughs> Pretty sure you didn't molest those slugs before you killed them. I in think the they were quite molested about meeting that. Perhaps they would have preferred a small Salty molestation. Saccharine end. Yes. yes. Anyway, moving on. Kill slug. You sure your husband wasn't in it? <laughs> he is now. <laughs> Apparently, they were a great band. Um, Evan said the guy always had an axe on his side. Now I'm imagining your husband just chopping them all up with axes on the side. Don't give me any idea. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, apparently the front man wore a really tight fur vest with no shirt underneath. They were a death, gore, blood, killing, murder, Satan band. And we put Juliana's flowers all around the club, which was a pretty funny contrast. I love that idea. And they were <laughs> opening for this band? Uh, or they, yeah. Or, or vice versa? I think the Lemonheads were opening for Kill Slug. Jesus, why? Mm. Clearly not a good match, I, I feel like. <laughs> But then again, took what Juliana hadn't sweetened everything up yet with her beautiful lyrics. But then that night, the Lemonheads gave the Blake babies a ride home in their van that said the Lemonheads on the side. And then Evan came over to where the Blake babies were living and hung out for a while. And uh, apparently, that while was quite a while because Evan lived in the condo pad, as they called it, uh, which was owned by Juliana's mum for quite a while and paid her rent. So there you go. Um, there's just one line that I've talked over the whole thing, but, um, patience is like bread, I say. I ran out of that yesterday. Love that. It's just poetry. God, I just yes. love his lyrics. Anyway, moving on. Oh, is that's the one where he says, um, enough about... Enough about me, let's... Enough about us, let's talk about me. Yes. It's not about you. It's not about sunshine. Sunshine! <laughs> Yes, it's that one. Oh, and the other bit, touch my leg, it's smooth, but there's stubble there. I guess that's Juliana's legs that he's talking about. Or his own. Men have been known mm, to. I think he's talking a about A cyclist his. likes a smooth leg, don't they? Do you think he's a cyclist? I don't. He might be. <laughs> I think he'd fall off his bike. <laughs> too, too asleep to be a bike rider. Anyway, where was I? Down about it. Another one, I remember Tom Morgan. And I don't have much to say about this, apart from this was in my so called The Party in episode 10. One of two girls. I love that show so much. I don't think it was on the official My Second Life soundtrack, but it was in the show. We will come to My Second Life again. Any views on Down About It? I like it. I like it. It's 
pretty ditty, but I don't have much more to say about it. So, can't say that. Fast forward to Play Smart again, featuring Juliana. Um, now, do you remember any of the lyrics to this? I'm not even remembering the song yet. I'm just waiting for it to kick in so I can see your way clear and arrange your eyes away from To say I'm drawing an absolute blank from this one actually. Okay, just listen to the lyrics. But you get paid, get paid tonight. You get paid to smile. I do love this voice. He was certainly our teenage couple too, I'm just going to oh get that out of the way. Oh god, yeah, just god. looking back at vast research and this, just looking at lots of videos. This little suede jacket. Oh, it's oh, oh, just dreaming. <laughs> dreaming. We can need all over again. I think I remember buying Sky Magazine just because he was on it. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so, listen to the lyrics. I at first thought it was about like, a model or a prostitute, so you get paid to smile. But then the second verse says, would you really say hello and let me carry my own guitar? And please don't hold the door open, work the handle on any car. And then later it goes back to the cigarette girl took off, took off my train, dropped her dress in the shiny pile. So, I don't know, could be about a model, prostitute, or is it about him, like recognising the fact that he is that 90s poster boy? But then, you know, kind of, is, is this the Lemonhead's version of Cordroy, but a very different way of handling that fame and being an object of teenage lust and Maybe like fashion? Yeah. I mean, I was going to say that Crash Test Army is like, <gasps> how about some vignette? <laughs> what? How is this like Crash Test Dummies? You know, like there was this girl. Oh no! No, he's much more sophisticated. Dropped her tray. <laughs> there was this girl. <laughs> yes. <tray>. Nails. <laughs> no, it's no, no. Oh my god! Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> you. I'm not sure where to go from from there. I did not see that coming at all. Um, oh, there she is! Hi! 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 Steel guitar yes. pedal sound. Well, the pedal steel guitar on this is played by Sneaky, Universal Commerce, Pete Kleinow, uh, who was in the Flying Burrito Brothers and was a, um, a very sought after top session musician. So, apart from working with Lemonheads, he, uh, he worked with loads of people, but including George Harrison, Little Feet, like he was Little you know, the top my favourite, you know, his pedal steel guitar game. I don't need God, I love this song. I do. <laughs> you do? Yeah, I do. Yeah, good. And I, one of my huge ambitions is to go to Nashville. Please don't I'll come to Nashville with you. Ever since I saw uh, The Thing Called Love with Rhea Phoenix. 
And I was like, yes, I'm in. So, again, written with Tom Morgan. Um, so, apparently it's based on someone that even, Evan, I don't even remember how I you say how said you or say it. Uh, that Evan met on his travels. He said, that was from my friend who was renting this house from this rich steward who had all this gay art on the wall. We called it a big gay house and it just sort of went from there. Um, and in a uh, in an interview with David Friedman, David he said that one, we were just trying to write a song for gay truckers. It was sort of like a real country song. And also we were trying to reclaim the word gay as meaning happy. And yeah, musically it sounds pretty country with some nice steel guitar. Although lyrically not so much. Um, and I don't remember that on the album it was apparently listed as Big Gay Heart Brackets against violence because um, they're trying to make the point of discouraging gay bashing. Um, yeah, and he was trying to show that uh, you know, how, how a heartache song can work from a gay perspective as well, even though he was you know, rampantly heterosexual. And um, I think it was that year that he was um, voted. Uh, one of the 50 most beautiful people um, in People magazine. Remember that? Uh, not really, but we didn't have People magazine. Mm-hmm. No, but I think it was widely covered by like our music press as well. I, I don't actually know which no, number. I, I feel like Britain had already decided he was. <laughs> yes, I think that's fair. Yeah. Those top women of Britain. Top one. <laughs> it's um. Give any one prisoner. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about country music as well is that it's it's always very honest and doesn't take itself too seriously. So if that's the message, then actually it's an interesting medium because even though all those things are true about country music, there's there's quite a lot of uh, homophobia. Oh, there was. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, actually another thing that you said was pretty much sums up what you just said is that it was a combination of a comedy song and some political activism. It was a bit wacky that song and it caused a lot of people to wonder but it was really just a weird song when you finished it and decided to record it. And I, I think it, it kind of reminds me a bit of, um, you know, like when Kurt Bain sings in All Apologies, what else could I say? Everyone is gay. Like at, at the time, it was definitely used as an insult. It wasn't like, oh, playground, like, you know, you're so gay. It just... Yeah, and those two songs stand out for me as 90s songs that had the word gay in it. <laughs> and definitely not using it like that either. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, um, this was another one of those songs um, that I had to be careful when I uh, when I played it because of the lyric, I don't need you to suck my dick to make me feel cool about yourself. You know, yeah. I can't remember which was the Red or Chili Peppers song. So, oh, suck my kiss. Um, you know, that you made sure you weren't playing it when your parents were going to walk into your room or whatever. But no, my mum did. Do you remember when we did that album? And my mum ran, ran, like, ran into my room and was like, What <laughs> did you just say? And it was so funny because it was like, Oh no, it sucked my kiss. And thankfully, it was the single. Because if I'd had the album on, I mean, my god, that would have been well, that would yeah. have mysteriously disappeared. But you don't want to explain, you know, why you're listening to songs about dick sucking. Um, to your mum when you yeah let's never have that conversation in fact never mind the teenagers I don't want to talk about it with them now but if they've if they'd uh, released the BBC version we would have heard stroke my brick what (laughs) yeah so I read somewhere that they had to record like an evening session is that a euphemism he just made it up on the spot apparently you know (laughs) a a very kindly 
um, a lady right. at the BBC was explaining, to, someone was overhearing his conversation uh, with the BBC lady saying, I, you know, just suck my dick won't go down very well with, uh, you know, a BBC audience. So can you change that lyric, please? And he just made it up on the spot, straight my brick. And he decided he quite liked <laughs> that alternate lyric. But now I'm thinking about brilliant. any key that's going. Stop <laughs> <laughs> <Jump> my <laughs> brick! <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Socks on bricks. Uh, <laughs> right, in stark, stark contrast to Big Gay Heart, we have style. It's dark. It's gritty. Do you remember it? Start Sonic Youthy. And I, I think this is so different from all the other songs on this album. Don't wanna get stoned, but don't wanna not get stoned. Rocking it out. So yeah, it's all these contrary demands and double negatives. And you can imagine him wrestling. Actually, I don't know if I can. I kind of feel like he'd just be like, hang on, do you want to get high? So I will. And that was it. Yeah, who are you kidding? However, I am going to fast forward this one because you will see um, shortly why I will talk about that one a little bit more later. So, rest assured. I don't actually have anything to say about this. <laughs> I'm okay. in this room with Tom Morgan again. It's a breakup song. Yeah. This wasn't one that I remembered very clearly listening back. Do you? It sounds familiar, but I'm guessing I must have been. It must have been one that I just played forward as well. There were a couple of bits that stood out, like lyrics wise. Oh, it's coming up now. What's that? Pepper salt, sugar, and tarragon. Pepper salt, sugar, and tarragon. Yeah, why would you have those four things together? Well, they condiments and herbs. Well, yeah, but you don't eat tarragon. See? Three condiments and herbs. Anyway, yeah, I'm not. Maybe what's your water drain? Wait. Yeah, the watch the water drain is different way. I just must be coming Australia. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, right. Don't cut aside. Where have you heard this? Oh, You've heard it. Is it? My favorite. Episode 11. <laughs> Life of Brian. Can you remember where it was played? Did it break? It was at the World Happiness Dance. <laughs> Do you remember? It's when Ricky is talking to yeah. that guy that he likes. Um, at the World Happiness Dance. And isn't Brian there with Delia who goes absolutely crazy? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Right. So this one was co-written with Nick Dalton, the bassist. In 
I'm Robin Sinclair, who you may remember from Into Your Arms fame. Yeah, love positions, yeah. At uh, this time, Robin is the basis for a band called The Hummingbirds. Mm. Uh, and she, she left the band for a little bit because she was pregnant. So Nick Dalton filled in for her um, and, and went and um, supported the Lemonheads. But filled in for her as a Lemonhead. And, um, no, hang on. As a Hummingbird. No, 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 supporting the Lemonheads on their Australian tour. And then Evan made friends with Nick Dalton uh, and his bandmate from a band called Sneeze, uh, Tom Morgan. Hence the Tom Morgan co-writing. I know this sounds like a photogram to me. <laughs> yes, it really is massive. So Tom Morgan co-wrote two songs on It's Shame Back Ray, including It's Shame Back Ray and Bit Park. Uh, and he wrote a lot of this album, as you've already gathered. Uh, and Nick Dalton co-wrote Kitchen on his show about Ray, and he played guitar on Mrs. Robinson on show about Ray, and he does, he plays bass and does the backing vocals on Come On Feel The Lemonheads, and he co-wrote Dog Can't Decide, which we just played. Um, and to add to the Spider-Gram, Juliana, who I've already said played bass and did backing vocals on It's Shame About Ray, she did that because Nick Dalton couldn't get to the US in time um, for the recording schedule. And then when Julianne decided to focus on her solo career, Evan asked Nick Dalton to join on the bass, and he agreed, even though he was already in like you know a couple of other bands, <coughs> Sneeze and Godstar apparently, around the same time. So he played with the Lemonheads for a couple of years, and then left in 1994, went back to Australia, um, and he rehearsed with Evan and Dinosaur Junior's drummer oh. Murph uh, for recording Car Button Cloth, their next album, which came out in 1996. Um, and Evan wanted him to stay, but he uh, declined the offer to stay in the in in the in the band. Um, and he was due to play bass for Evan during his 2003 solo tour of Australia. Did you see the Lemonheads around? Oh no, 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 it was way after that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but sadly, he'd suffered a, a brain hemorrhage two days before the first show that they were due to play in Melbourne. Um, and there were rumours that he'd been sacked, and you know he wasn't replaced in subsequent subsequent shows, but. But Nick says that he was sent back to Sydney and spent a week with an undiagnosed brain hemorrhage um, oh and went to hospital for a couple of weeks. As far as I know, he's okay now. Um, Too much terror again. Uh, but yeah. Too much salt. <laughs> Possibly. Who knows? But yeah, it's a bit in uh, in 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 the in the song. One of the lyrics is, "It feels good to be Jesse on the inside today." And I don't know. I've got. I, I've not read anything about this. I've, I've no idea. But I wonder if it's about. Jesse Peretz, I don't know if it's Peretz, Perez, Peretz, um, the, one of the original Lemonheads, <clears throat> who uh, left the band just before It's a Shame About Ray was released, but he stayed on as a photographer for them. Um, and he started working as a director and did like TV ads and music videos, including their Mrs. Robinson and Confetti and It's a Shame About Ray. Uh, and then later videos for the likes of the Foo Fighters. So they won a Grammy for Learn to Fly. Nada Surf, well, Popular, like which we've talked about. Unpopular. Why did we talk about Popular? We Weezer. talked about them plagiarising Weezer. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Outrageously. Uh, they did Ash's Girl from Mars. Oh, he did. He directed Ash's Girl from Mars video, who I am going to see very, very soon. Who is he? In Ash. In oh, a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Super excited. Uh, Indie fun. This is up with the Breeders. Um, and uh, Melissa Alftimer, mm. who we've talked about. Rufus Pod. That's it. R is for Rufus. And then after that, 
Uh, he went on to direct um, a bunch of feature films and TV series, including Juliet Naked, with our favourite Ethan Hawke. Uh, and Girls, who I think you're a fan of. Well, I haven't watched it yet. Keep me in tea. Yes! Oh, HBO's Girl. Sorry. So, yeah, yes. he, oh, he directed love, that. Love, love that. Didn't I lend you series one, and did you just not watch it? It's so think, good! Oh, God, I need, to, I need to watch it and give it back to you. Yeah, it's in my DVD cupboard. I will, I will. It's right. Great. I can't speak highly enough of it. I will. Especially now that I know it's that. so funny. A Lemonhead directed it. Right, I'll do it anyway. <clears throat> Do you know who this was written for? <coughs> I don't even know what the track is yet. <laughs> I'll do it anyway. Just told you. You did. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing you say in the course of the pod anyway, so I wasn't sure. Anyway. Speech marks <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we've talked about Raven Hill already. Uh, this was written for Belinda Carlisle. So, going back to that NME interview. Juliana said to Evan whilst she was interviewing him. So the interview, they, they agreed that they weren't going to ask each other any questions that they already knew the answers to, except for, you know, for new information to both of them. So Juliana says to Evan, you won't, I'll do it anyway for Billy DeCarlo to be on her record. She chose not to do it. I think that song's too good for her album. Oh, too good to be on. Jealous. Did you ever hear her new song, Situation? And she quotes the lyrics Situation Flammable. Love is a big scary animal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Juliana on this one. Yeah, I know. She was a fan of Belinda. So Evan responds I think I was stonewalled by this woman, Charlotte. She was in the Go Go's and she co wrote a lot of stuff on Belinda Hackle. I thought I knew what Belinda needed to release. I think it would have been better for her if she'd taken my song. But I was stonewalled by Charlotte because she wants to have all the royalties on the record. Belinda was in LA and I thought it would be fun if she sang on our version of the song to add that Belinda sound to it. She seems perfectly nice. Sure, I got on with her. She shares my obsession with the Manson family and all that, but I never really got I mean, I, I, I'll say this right off the bat. How can you have an obsession with the Manson family? It's just beyond ridiculous. Lots of people do, though. It's a fascination. They're kind a of... bunch of fucking sheep uh, listening to a complete lunatic. I mean, first of all, that's not even unusual. That's every cult ever. And secondly, oh, I mean, ugh, so many people, people have covered Manson songs. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Well, I mean, include a Charles, Charles, Charles Manson wrote some songs. Yeah. Like what? Those people are confident. Like Guns N' Roses. What songs? Have I just made this up in my head? <laughs> You're telling me. I might have to back to Charles Manson wrote Sweet Child of Mine. I'm sure. God. I'm sure. Now you're making me better. Sharon Tate, Sweet Child of Mine. I mean, how poor taste was that? No, those people did. I'm going to have to go back there and see if they I want this to be true. Anyway, back to Belinda. I think she also shared an obsession with like hard drugs. Like she had like massive, massively problematic coaching. She also came out with Circle in the fucking sand. Yeah, well, I'm actually. Thank you, I've always hated her. (laughs) No way! She's rubbish. I love this song. I hate this too. Oh, it's so good. But, right, okay, now this. This. Is a great fact, I think. So I don't know this. Can you turn this down a bit first? No. <laughs> Did you know Please. that Belinda Carlisle started her music career in 1977 when she was a drummer for Bruce Springsteen? Yeah. 
for Guess Which Punk Band. She was called Dotty Danger when she was in the band. I don't think she actually know this. I know she was in the Go-Go's. She was in the Go-Go's. Oh, but I don't She was in the Germs. Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, they go cool though. She was, she was recruit, um, recruited by Norma Doom, so apparently they met in an art class uh, while she was a student at Thousand Oaks High School in California. Uh, but she wasn't in it very long because she got Blanche and Fever, so she never recorded or like, performed live with them or anything. But Pat Smear said that when she left, she um, introduced her mate Donna Rhea, who became her replacement, aka Betty. Don Maria, that sounds like an STD. <laughs> yeah, so I think I might be delivered. Good. Um, I think that was your real name. I should have known if that was her real name, or Becky Barton was her real name. Now I'm confused. Yeah, Don Maria must have been. Right. not from me. Banana. It's not a banana, it's a brick. <laughs> Seriously, she's drowning you out. Stop I just need to know. She's your banana. She's, she's drowning you out, Hannah. I can't hear properly. Bloody Belinda. And you know what? For poor Evan Dando, I feel like that whole story about how, oh, it's this other woman, she wanted all the royalties. That sounds exactly like so many toxic people I know who are like, oh, it wasn't me. You know who was? Other person in the band is just actually jealous. And yeah. I loved your song, and I really wanted you to, you know, I was prevented. Come on, bollocks. That's what I say. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, but yeah, as you said, she then uh, was also in the Go-Go's, who, interestingly, were originally called the Misfits, <laughs> but not those Misfits. Okay, <laughs> now here's my really tenuous link to your last podcast. So in 1984, she dabbled in acting a little bit, and she was in a movie uh, called Swing Shift. You ever seen Swing Shift? Oh, yeah. Doesn't this have um, Goldie Horn in it? Exactly. Oh, my God. Is this the one where she met Kurt? Kurt Russell's in it. So I don't know yeah, if that's where that's we met. Yeah, that's where we met. Well, there it is. So there's my link. Because... Oh, my God. And I've seen it. And it's really is good. Is it good? Okay. It's, it's set in wartime, isn't it? And they work in a vacuum. I don't know. I've never seen it. And he's been injured. Oh, it's so good. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. That's, a, that's another thing. Oh, it's a guy. I definitely have seen this. Do you know what Linky linked to last pod? Just because... And obviously, the link is that Chris Robinson of the Black Crows was married to Kate Hudson, whose mother is Goldie Horn, but that Chris Robinson's first solo uh, work was on the Banger Sisters, which is Goldie Horn movie, which I think she produced. Oh, I like that. Full circle. Nice. Um, did you know that the video for this song, Heaven is a Place on Earth, was directed by Diane Keaton? Really? Weird, right? I'm always... I'm like Days of Thunder... Memories, you know, that kind of is that what the video was like? It was just, yeah, it just super, like, super, super, like, blown out light. Yeah. You know, 1987, <laughs> they were all, all the same. Yeah, I think I had a now tape and this was on it, and I could not fast forward it <laughs> fast so, enough. There wasn't a fast fast forward button <laughs> good enough for me. I know this isn't a bit of a car podcast, but I do yeah. find a wrap it up, Hannah. <laughs> she, she's, she's written with um. Loads of other people, so including Marcella Detroit from Shakespeare Sister, who I love, uh, Greg Alexander of the New Radicals, who I do not love, but mention him because we've talked about him before in uh, in uh, our one hit ones. Purr of Roxette, remember Roxette? My God, this is a laundry list of badness. Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, Green Day. Oh, Everyone has a bad day. Okay, final Belinda fact is um, 
Did you ever take your kids to a, uh, a little music group in Hove called Little Pickles? No, I didn't. <laughs> Mine hated music. <laughs> Actually, well, I, any noise of any kind coming from anyone, they hated. I took mine, and um, it's like he's a bit of a legend. So this guy Dave, Dave Taggart, who runs Little Pickles, like out of Hove Methodist Church and other locations across Brighton and Hove. Uh, brilliant. It's like you know, it's your kind of average kids' music group, but he's um, like a proper like. Geordie, rock and roller, always puts a lot of, you know, banter in there for the for the grown-ups. Um, and he's just got great music taste. And um, <laughs> I'm probably going to totally undermine that by giving you these examples. But he um, he toured with uh, like people like Jimmy Nail and Belinda Carlisle. <laughs> so he travelled the world with Belinda Carlisle as part of uh, as part of her band. So there you go. Fun, local, hove fact. <laughs> okay. Very meaningful for our listeners in Canada. <laughs> right. So there are just so many um, songs on this album. Uh, so we heard style already a little bit, but this is uh, the Rick James style. I don't know why Rick James, it was bitch. ordered. Rick James. I don't know why it was ordered in this way, but you basically got style again, but with a different spin on it. And I think I prefer this version of style. Isn't it just called Rick James style? It is called Rick James style. Oh, right. But it's the same style, but with Rick James added. <laughs> Chicken rake, you decide. Sprinkle over it. Sprinkle that tarragon on it. But it's kind of, it's lazier. It's going to turn out a little It's kind of psychedelic. Um... I can I can only think of Charlie Murphy's real Hollywood stories now. <laughs> it's gone. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So a little bit about Rick James or James Ambrose Johnson, singer songwriter, multi instrumentalist, record producer from Buffalo, New York. He was in loads of bands, uh, <laughs> a few bands, <laughs> before going into the U.S. Navy to avoid avoid being drafted into the army. In 1964, he deserted to Toronto and formed the Minor Birds who signed with Motown Records in 1966, but then the military authorities caught up with him, found out where he was, and he got a year in prison for desertion. Ow, girl! Yeah! But when he was released, he moved to California, started more bands, like rock bands, punk bands, and in 1981, he released his most successful album, Street Songs, which included Give It To Me Baby and Super Freak, which we had to listen to a little bit of. <laughs> <laughs> it owes a, yeah, there's a particular 90s track that owes a big old debt to this one. Uh, yeah, we might come to that one. <laughs> so yeah, his, this was Did a big single. <laughs> I love it, I love it. We should film this. <laughs> Just let the camera fix off. <laughs> Loving your room, silly. <laughs> it's a fun disco rock. I just recently saw that video and I was cracking up. It's so funny. Ow, so, did you know he was in the 80s? Is he saying the Charles Manson fan? <laughs> like, well, he, I don't think he was actually like. He, he wasn't a member of the 80s, <laughs> but he was, yeah, like he did an appearance as himself in the 80s. Fab. I mean, I wouldn't have known who he was back in the 80s. I used to watch but, that with my nan and granddad. And I don't recall I, either of them going, he's not Rick James, bitch. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of, you know, a bit. Bit sad, really. Things went a little bit downhill after this. <clears throat> um, since you loved it so much, uh, this is the MC Hammer version. 
so obviously, Ooh. famously, this sample super freak. Did you ever watch those uh, twins on YouTube? The twins, the new trend. Those two young guys who I haven't uh, review like nineties. They do MC Hammer. It's really funny. Oh, I will definitely. They are somewhat perplexed at the outfits and stuff, but they're like, okay. I wonder if you were talking about 90s fashion, like, what was it, the 90s revivalists? I want to see some MC Hammer. Revivalists, yeah. Hashtag revivalists. So, yeah, uh, Rick Jones got his only Grammy for uh, You Can't Dutch This. I mean, so <laughs> I was going to say, what? Harsh. <laughs> if you're MC Hammer, you're like, hang on, you give it to him. Come on. Oh, my dear. Uh, but, yeah, poor Rick. By the early 90s, his career was, um, you know, going down the uh, going down the pan a bit. He was hampered by drug addiction and various legal issues. And, God, why did I say poor Rick? Hmm. Bad, sad. In 1993, he was convicted for two separate instances of kidnapping and torturing two different women whilst under the influence of crack cocaine. I was about to say, that stuff oh, will happen dead. when you take a crap load of goat. Quite. So yeah, he got a three-year prison sentence and he was released on parole in 1996. Um, and then he released another album, Urban Rhapsody. And then he had a mild stroke in the middle of a concert in 1998. So he announced that he was going to semi-retire. But then he came back and he uh, he was on Dave Chappelle's show in 2004, so you know a bit of, a bit of renewed interest. He toured, but then later that year he finally died of heart failure. That is at the age of 56. Thank you so much for bringing up Rick James because now when we go to Instagram uh, to to raise some interest in uh, this particular episode, I get to put up the picture of Dave Chappelle as Rick James. <laughs> uh, that's thanks for making my life well any excuse to put that picture up right enough of rick and mc hammer you can't you can't prove it that can you no right being around mc mch never happened never caught on Go back to nashville great country I just love the lyrics of this song. I don't have anything else to say about it really, but I was just feeling really great. Was it a B side? Really? Um, I don't know. But speaking of B sides, Courtney Barnett, who was touring with the Foo Fighters, because they just let the tickets go on sale. Yeah. Um, she covered this. I can't play it to you, it's not Spotify. But she, on her pedestrian at best single, um, she covers the Lemonheads being around. And it's a really beautiful version. But to answer question, I don't know the answer. Could be right. You like this song? I do. Oh, Evan. And we've all been there, Evs. Oh. I don't want to stop it, but I'll probably go on for ages, haven't I? We're nearly there. I haven't achieved a, an hour mark yet. Okay. You've got nine minutes. <laughs> I can't. Okay. It's like, this is song 18. Um, favourite tea. So, Paul Moody of the NME said uh, in his review of Come and Fill the Lemonheads, he said, don't expect the earth. We're dealing with a man, remember, whose idea of genuine emotional trauma revolves around the loss of a t-shirt when you break up with your girl and boyfriend after <laughs> I know. He doesn't really come across as unshallow, does he? <laughs> Lyrically. Oh, I love him. 
I agree with that. I think Shame About Ray has got a lot more substance, even though it's yeah. also fairly light, L-I-T-E, emotionally yeah. speaking. But hey, yeah. if you haven't had your heart broke, I mean, it's not your fault. It's life, isn't it? So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is this about... I've heard that it's about a guy who likes trying on his girlfriend's clothes while she's out. And like, he knows that he's on borrowed time because the relationship's going to end. I've never had that particular dilemma, you? No. Um, But I don't know. It sounds to me like it's just about a breakup and he's inherited a t-shirt and he thinks it looks better on him and her. But I don't know. Well, you know, there's kind of undertones of that sort of bitterness which yeah. I suppose people feel when dumped fair enough yeah no one enjoys hearing mm, I don't like you enough to be around you anymore I mean <laughs> when I people say just trying to break up with him nicely it's like yeah that's not gonna happen yeah there's no nice way to dump someone no there's lots of terrifically bad oh, ways but do you think it's about the so the person that's dumped them kept the t-shirt the other way around no, I feel like he's saying this is what's left, and it looks better on me anyway, bitch. Yeah. Maybe he's more hurt than he can express. No, because he's, you know, it's a nice t-shirt. He's no, he's he's kind of hurt. He's being a guy about it. Like <laughs> I don't even care anyway because I got this t-shirt and it looks better on me. What I also wonder is what kind of t-shirt is it? Is it like a big baggy guy t-shirt? Or is it like the t-shirts that we wore in the 90s, like Hannah, fitted? It's not about the t-shirt, okay? It's about his emotions. The t-shirt is a smokescreen. Right? Dig in, girl. Dig in. Like, would it look a bit like That's a not a t-shirt. This is a Rorschach quiz and you saw a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm quite interested in the t-shirt. Anyway. <clears throat> okay, so. It's a Belinda Carlisle t-shirt. Penultimate track. <laughs> Unless you count the, uh, the hidden ones, uh, which I'm not going to go into. This is You Can Take It With You again, co-written with Tom Morgan. Um, oh, I missed a bit at the end. So it's got that bit of preamble. So it says, you can hear him saying, it's good to have another song. And then I think it's Julianne that it says, it's cold, you can take it with you. <laughs> In her. Terrible, it's um, So in the credits, Tom Morgan's credited as, as being the guidance counselor on it. Well, I don't know what that is. Obviously, he had a lot of good advice, I guess. That is the guidance counsellor's job. I guess, I guess. But yeah, so this, it kind of reminds me of um, the bits where there's that like chatter, like he's at a party and stuff, like on Undone the Sweater Song and on Nardis mm-hmm. Earth's Popular. And he cracks up laughing at one point as well. But it can cast it. Um... And again, I I wonder if this one is about um, pleasuring oneself looking for <laughs> lyrics. There's a span of nothing's over there. Maybe not a space big enough to pitch a tent. A hideaway I haven't ever gone till I whacked my way onto the overgrowth. I found a place, I found a place, I found a place, I whacked my way. I'm looking back to discover my tracks, dirty hands and right through the branches. Is it? What do you think? Yeah, I don't think we need to involve Freud here. <laughs> oh. He's found a break and he's not letting go. 
Oh my god, do you think he calls his penis back? The Jello Fund. Um, it's instrumental. I don't know what it's about, but um, yeah, you can let this play out, and then you'll hear some hidden tracks. Lenny, noises, parts one to three. The amp went out, and high-speed idiot mode. It sounds like the reasons that our podcasts go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take credit for high-speed idiot. <laughs> so there you go. Um, I'm done. Oh, actually, one final thing. So the other week when we were chatting post um, pod that didn't actually record, um, we were talking about, you asked me about Missy Higgins. Yes. And uh, I was familiar with Missy Higgins only that you've like, because you followed her on Instagram. So I see all her stuff, Uh, but I hadn't, you know, she wasn't really on my radar. Found out whilst looking into the Lemonheads that in August uh, August 2003, uh, the Lemonheads played Melbourne's Hi-Fi Bar, which is notorious apparently in Melbourne circles for having been a terrible gig. Um, and, you know, everyone was all over the place, not on form at all. Um, and a fan talked her way into the sound check and insisted on joining the band on stage. And so on stage, this, you know, random mystery girl uh, held up the lyric sheets for Evan because he was so wasted that he couldn't remember the words to you know the songs he'd written himself um, and she also Mary ended James's. Up, well she, she ended up singing some backup vocals as well and so everyone's like you know who is this mysterious girl turns out it was Missy Higgins Missy bloody Higgins <laughs> I knew it I knew she was a total rock star so there you go any final final thoughts on we should definitely do shame about Ray. <laughs> we should. Are we on an hour yet? I've got one final thought I can leave you with. You have two minutes. Go. Right, I'm going to leave you with, with a, a little bit of a review from David Sinclair then, from Q Magazine, from September 1993. Um, and he said about the album, it seems a quaint, a quaint idea now, but there was a time when being a serious rock band didn't necessarily mean carting a ton of attitude everywhere you went. In the 60s, happy-go-lucky types like the Lovin' Spoonful flourished alongside the heaviest hippies. And in the 70s, the Ramones combined unimpeachable punk credentials with cuddly good humour. Now, like a daisy pushing through the surface in the post-grunge wasteland, the Lemonheads have come into bloom with an album which retains a modern guitar trio edge, but trades on a benevolent strain of wide-eyed affection instead of the usual witch's brew of snarling aggression. Blimey, grunge is already over in 93? Oh, I don't think it was, but... And it kind of started in 1931. Well, yeah, it was, yeah, surprisingly short-lived, but I think that's just (coughs) a brilliant way of putting how the Lemonheads kind of fit into that era. I mean, it is tad harsh, but yeah. I mean, it's interesting to think, like, how could you like Pearl Jam and Metallica and Alice in Chains and also really like the Lemonheads? But you could, and there was a... um, And we did. Yeah, it was Bubble Grunge, apparently. Yeah, I think even though he wasn't singing grunge, he kind of looked... Exactly. ...grunge, and he, he was like, he wasn't doing any harm. What he was doing was lovely. So it was actually when you weren't in the mood for 
a lot of yeah. noise. It's kind of perfect. And it was the same lifestyle, and he was kind of going through all of the same stuff that all of those people were. But the sound is different. He was cheerful, but also cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the drugs didn't seem to affect him quite as much or in the same way as... No, I saw him in 2011, and he rocked it, so he's, he's still trucking. Yeah. And he probably <laughs> did more than most. Yeah, probably. Sounds like it. Still alive to By tell his own story yeah. and yeah, <laughs> carry on floating away. Well, thank you, Hannah. That was uh, delightful to revisit that album. It's been a long time, actually, since I heard it, because I always play Shame About Ray instead. Right, you can find us on uh, Twitter, SermaJXP, um, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we are Society Osmiogenics Podcast. If you would care to leave us um, a review or even a gorgeous five stars, we would not have a problem with that. And equally, if you're a podcast and you do that, we'll be happy to reciprocate. <laughs> Although I've been trying to um, to catch up with um, several different podcasts that we actually really love and listen to. And lately, I have been really enjoying The Centre Cut. Very funny. I was at True Romance, wasn't it? Yeah, so they basically listen, they watch the first 15 minutes of, of a movie that neither one of them have seen, and then they watch the last 15. I'm and then they to... answer questions. Yeah. And they kind of try and figure it out. And after I after I listened to True Romance, when I listened to the uh, Outlander season two, it's so good because I, I'm sorry, I love Outlander. It's amazing. And these guys absolutely nailed it. It was hilarious. Oh, I haven't listened to that because I haven't watched Outlander however I am looking forward to their next episode which I believe is on Outer Banks which is my guilty pleasure at the moment it's I'm watching it really yes oh it's so terrible it's It's so hilarious it's basically a teen drama also what is wrong with that guy's eyes it's like he's slightly always on you know one of his eyes is what John B John B one of his eyes is slightly higher than the other I find it really quite distracting anyway that little neck cheese like come on wash it (laughs) I well then Yes, I didn't realise it was out of banks next, so definitely be definitely be tuning into that. Okay, so which reminds me I must go and leave them five stars because I haven't done that yet. I'm so sorry. Uh anyway, so over and out. Looking forward to uh the next time. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank Cheers. You. Bye.